This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, ha- send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum, and somebody had asked a question about Indio, and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, so that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hello, I'm Steve Anderson, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Deeds. We are uh, in the studio uh, recording this today, and um, welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast. We're glad you chose to spend a little bit of time uh, listening to our uh, sometimes rambling And today we have a a special guest. Ryan, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you uh, introduce our guest. Steve, awesome to be with you as always. And a big shout out to Indio. Um, But today, yeah, it's awesome. I've got Melissa Wilder in the studio with us. Melissa and I have worked together for multiple years when I was uh, leading the IT endeavors at the Crichton Group. And um, she was one of the folks that, that I would consider um, a power user. She was somebody that I would go to to help figure out if the solutions that I was building um, were going to be relevant to her. And we wanted to bring her on so she could help explain some of the pain points and the frustrations and the great things that she has seen in the transformation. And so with that, welcome, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. <laughs> We're just super stoked that you can be here. I'm and, super stoked to be here. <laughs> and uh, just run us back, you know, what we, so you've been at Crichton for how long? I've been at Crichton for three years. And before that, what were, and you're a commercial lines account manager. I'm a commercial lines account manager. Before that, I was a commercial lines producer for 10 years. Um, started in Memphis. I actually have a degree in risk management and insurance have always been in insurance. I guess I'm that nerd. I'm that person. <laughs> the, the, so you there, are, there are a few of you around <laughs> like right. that, but not too many that actually not. have a degree in it. That's it great. was totally an accident, but I was like, this sounds good. Why not? Why not? Right? Why not? I'll do this for a while. Where was that? Where'd you get it? I went to the University of Memphis. Okay. They had just Perfect. started a risk management unit, and mm-hmm. I don't think they have it anymore, but at the time they were recruiting students who were in the you know getting a business degree and i was like well they're giving free money away i'm a poor student (laughs) let me do this let me do this this works out (laughs) and are you i mean are you glad that you did that i am yeah i am i originally wanted to be a lawyer but i think as the insurance industry grows we are becoming closer and closer to attorneys every day I've really seen that change in the industry. Right. And that's one of the things I kind of wanted to, to talk with you through. Even in the three years that you were at Crichton, I think you saw some transformative changes mm-hmm. um, in the, the type of work that you had to do and that you were enabled to do 
Can you can you just kind of lay out, you know, as you see those differences when you were a producer, you've been in this business for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, w- what are some substantive changes that you've seen over the, the period of time in the in the insurance business from your perspective? I think the main changes of the industry have been technology, which kind of has changed people's expectations mm-hmm. of speed and turnaround, but also the other factor to it that has significantly changed what we do as account managers is the litigiousness of the society. Now, insurance is used more almost of defense protection versus just insuring a building or protecting you if somebody slips and falls. It's it's become much more about protecting the insured's assets and protecting them from that potential lawsuit. I always think about that. There, there's got to be so much fear um, of missing something. Of, oh, it's huge. Right. Because, you know, huge. And, and I've seen account managers cry because of, of something that is gone that they thought was covered. And, you know, right. it's a busy job, right? It is. And, and and it's hard to understand all the different moving parts. I mean, luckily, I think that Kay, you know, the CEO at Crichton has a pretty good understanding of that. Definitely. But, it, 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 you know, when you look at that, what are the what are the top challenges when you come into work that day? What are the things you don't want to have happen? The things I don't want to have, have not happen are the mundane tasks that just drag your time down. Because to keep that client, you have to keep that client happy. You have to respond. You have to give them what they need. And to do that efficiently and correctly, you have to be right. That's going to take some time to really look at policies, their wording. And I think just the mundane processing pieces of it, that really gets tedious. Can you give an example of those mundane? I mean, I, I think of certificates or, but, but are you doing that or somebody else in the organization? It depends on the level of the certificate request. You know, lots of our, our insureds, rightfully so, think, oh, it's a certificate. You should be able to turn it around. But a lot of it depends on policy wording, policy coverage. So if it's, if it's a more complicated one, that comes back to me. We do have assistants that do the basic processing. But I think things like that, policy checklist, updating information in the system, those are all things that are necessary and required. But when you have five clients that need something and a producer that's just dumped something on your desk that has to be done right now, those are the things you're like, oh, you know. Throws your whole day. It does. And, And one of the things I've been thinking a lot about just in terms of flow it mm-hmm. is being distracted at the desk. So your comment, Ryan, in terms of it, it there's a lot going on. There is. And I, I really liken it to distracted driving, right? You can't focus on too many things. You know, right. we don't multitask, right? right. We, we, we have a task, we may task switch quickly. Is that an issue at an account manager's desk? It is one of the biggest issues, Um One of the great things that I have now is the ability to work remotely a couple of days a week, which is fabulous because you can sit there uninterrupted. Nobody's dropping at your desk saying, hey, you know, you can focus. You can turn off your email for a minute and get that done. But when you're at the office, you might have 20 people walking around your producer, you know, who's thinking of something and, you know, maybe just came in from out of town and has 20 things he needs to ask you about or accounting or your assistant or your AE, you know, you're there at everybody's whim. 
And I think that's a, that, that is such a critical component to understand uh, about remote. I mean, we oftentimes look at remote as a perk for the employees um, from a life satisfaction standpoint. But what we found at Crichton was the productivity increase that when those individuals would go remote. I mean, mm-hmm. it, uh, because you get uninterrupted work time because you can kind of dictate – Obviously, we have Slack and we have email and all this different stuff, but you get to more control of how you interact with those things at home than you do at the office. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I have to go back to your comment. Um, I believe I'm quoting, I can turn off my email for a minute mm-hmm. or five or ten. Or five or ten. Yeah. And, and I think that is even as a concept of, quote, turning off your email is a really good one that probably most don't think about. Right, and it took me a long time because I was very, oh, another email. I got to, I got to do, this. I got to do that. You know, when you just build up that level of pressure till you're about to pop, uh-huh. and you're like, I don't even know where to go first. I have twenty emails and twenty slides. You know, it's just uh-huh. piling on. And the one thing I, I and I got that from other great account managers. Just turn off the email for a minute. Focus on that one thing, and when if it's a big project that you really need to pay attention to coverages and and proposals, things like that, that it really did help me focus, get it done quicker and more efficiently. And then when I opened up my emails, I was like, oh, this isn't bad. Right. It's the same amount, but it's just a different mindset. Mm-hmm. Right. It's almost like you're batching those so you can, because I mean, I, especially in like uh, some of the, the, right now you're in, in, in the large commercial space. And I know that in, when you were in habitational, you know, the, those real estate stuff, so much of that was spreadsheet driven where you're having to mm-hmm. make sure that the calculations are on the exact same line. And I mean, just from my own experience, I know that if I have a task that's going to take me 10 minutes, but I b- have four interruptions with email or Slack or whatever's there, that could turn into an hour and a half where I'm not as accurate as I could be if I just hyper focus on that 10 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. And especially in HAB, if, if we messed up one calculation in that spreadsheet, that affected multiple policies, multiple invoicing, it it could have severe could have. <laughs> ramifications, as I found out. <laughs> so did you think, I mean, so going back to the remote, I mean, do you believe that if you look at your success today and your ability to get work done today, as opposed to when you first got there and we didn't have a remote program, mm-hmm. right? We brought that in. Is that substantially more? Oh, it's it's huge. Like I put off those product, those projects that I think are going to take serious focus, and I'll be like, I'm doing that on a remote day. Right. It's like deep work. You know that you're not going to be have those interruptions. And so, you know, if you were gonna if you were gonna list out, you know, one or two of the things that that create the most havoc in your day, I'm sure when you get to work, you have some kind of idea of what you want to accomplish mm-hmm. by the end of that. What are the things that derail you the most from from being able to accomplish that when you're coming into the office? It's funny you say that because every day I make a list. This is what I have to get done today. And invariably it goes awry. Right. And it is either, especially in HAB, what we have what we call closings. The insured is closing on a property. They're closing, you know, today something's changed. We're starting. Those those will definitely derail it. Or any type of endorsement activity that they are buying something that day or something large, a property, multiple vehicles, something like that, that the insured is like, this is the last step. This is happening today. I've got to get it done today when it should have been up there on one of the first steps. But they just don't see it that way. And I understand it. They've never really been educated to see it that way. The other is um, 
And it's just the nature of the beast. Our producers saying, hey, this is coming up and it's on their brain. It's like, we have to do this right now. And, and I see, like you said, I mean, you know, with somebody with a risk management degree and that is super well versed in a wide array of insurance knowledge, you become a, a resource for multiple individuals in the organization from other account managers that need help with coverage. Just like you might go to them if you're trying right. to do something with medical right. or account manager assistance that you're trying to bring up. Exactly. Producers that are coming to you for advice. Right. I mean, and I would think that all of those are, are things that and I don't know that there's a way that 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 an easy way to alleviate that. But has Slack helped with that a little bit, being able to, to push that communication if they buy into that? If they buy into that, I right. do find it very helpful. Who holds back? You think producers hold back more or account managers? Account producers. All day, right? <laughs> <laughs> and do you think that that's because, I mean, if if the if agencies, and obviously we're talking about multiple agencies, you've worked with multiple agencies. Yes. And so, you know, if, if uh, there's higher levels of accountability to force those producers to adopt that technology, that's that's a systemic effect for everybody then, right? Right. Right. And it and it Slack is so beneficial. I know some people say, well, what is the difference between that and email? Email you have requests coming in. Mm-hmm. That's that's a way of tracking your tasks for the day. Right. Slack is like, okay, I'm trying to get this done. What did the insured tell you about this? You know, just trying to to get the, those quick back and forths. Yes, get the fine details down or, you know, kind of plan things out or get a game plan, which is it's much more effective. Everybody's seeing it at the same time, reacting the same time. I just think by the nature of the beast, like I keep saying, the producer is used to FaceTime with a client. Mm-hmm. They're used to calling an underwriter and getting something done. That's kind of their skill set is making that face-to-face conversation. So I think trying to channel that a different way is something that maybe is a little uncomfortable to them. Right, it's kind of out, outside. They're like a fish out of water. A right. Bit sometimes they right. want they want to be able to connect. Yes, and I think that's part of being a producer is just being able to feel that connectedness. I mean, that used to be a big thing for me. So, so. I have a question. So you were a producer, mm-hmm. um, and uh, now an account manager. What? Uh, I'm trying to phrase the question. It it really is around. What would you tell a producer as the best way for them to get what they want from you. And that is, <laughs> you understand why? Yes. How, how you know, because, you know, there's always this tension, right? There is. Producers and account managers, and they want this, and they, you know, as you said earlier, and I hear this all the time, right? It's not just you. You know, they just drop something off, and it's kind of like, you know, flyby bombs <laughs> and, you know, all of these <laughs> kinds of things. So maybe there's, we can, you know, help everybody with what is a more effective way to get some of that stuff done? The best producers that I've worked for and being a previous producer are the ones who are knowledgeable about their accounts. They're ingrained. They get it. They know the coverage. They know that insured inside and out, what makes them tick. And being able to go to the account manager and being like, this is the big picture. This is why we're doing this. And setting realistic expectations with the client. You know, you may not have this in 30 minutes, but you'll have it tomorrow and it'll be correct and it'll be right. And not everybody's stressed and missing things because they're going so fast. And I think having that level of accountability within the producer themselves of knowing how to explain what they need, giving the details behind what they need. Instead of just dropping something and being like, okay, go find out the details and get what you need. 
kind of being a partner in a team, that really builds that bond to be like, okay, you've got my back, I've got yours. We want to take care of this client together and we can do that. And I, I really think that's what makes the difference. Like you said, a partnership is not a second, because I think that we, we see this occasionally in organizations where, you know, you've got producers and then you've got account managers. And I do think it's normalizing some, but I think that there is a, a, a second class almost um, uh, moniker that's in those organizations for where producers get kind of walk around with a high head, right. you know. And I think it's awesome, you know, and you not coming, all of them. That's right. No, no. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I think that that's changing. I mean, when we look at the when we look at the the ones that have come in over the last couple of years, I believe having them run through some of the service roles, right, has been yes. a critical component to their uh, ability to understand how they're derailing um, you when they when something gets dropped on their desk. I totally know? agree. I think that is so key is having that foundation mm-hmm. because that makes you a more for effective producer overall well and and it's uh, they're shooting themselves in the foot right right because one they're not getting what they need or what they're perceived they need i think having more discussions like this of how can and i love your comment how can we work as a team together you've got my back i've got your back right right not a adversarial or a here, get this done kind yeah. of thing. And it, and it shouldn't be. It can't be and be effective because mm-hmm. there are too many places now that holes can happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it, you can't help it. But if you two are talking, you're a team, and your goal is to keep that client, retain it, grow it if you can, round it out, and keep them. Yeah, because who takes the blame? I mean, okay, if, if there's a gap in coverage or something wasn't covered, mm-hmm. you know, in your opinion, typically who's looked at for that? Is that, the, is that a producer challenge or is that an account manager I'd challenge? I'd say account manager for uh, sure. I, I feel the same way. I think, think they take the brunt of that. And in, in a more seasoned producer that has been in multiple roles that knows how to communicate effectively, almost the ones that have taken the time to understand the value of the account manager and what they're doing, you know. So for, for as a takeaway, I would say if you're a producer today and you're having friction with an account manager that that you may be putting that on the account manager, take a day. Go hang out. Mm-hmm. Sit at the desk. Understand what's going what they're right. having to deal with. Right. And I mean, then I think that the that's a way to almost reset the relationship because if a producer came to you and said, hey, I'm going to sit with you, I just want to understand, you know, what is going on, how to, I think you would come out of that and they would come out of that with, uh, you'd be like, wow, you're trying to understand this. Yes. I mean, at least to me, loyalty is a huge thing in functioning as a team. And if you actually did that, to me, that says I'm invested. Mm-hmm. I'm invested. I trust you. You know, I want to make this work. How do we do it? And it's a proactive thought versus who can I throw under the bus and how fast can I do it? Right. And I see that. I mean, I do see that uh, a bit through a multitude of organizations that occasionally um, when a producer gets in a bind, they may they may have great customer service or connection skills, but maybe their technical ability is not on it from an insurance perspective is not where it sh- where, where we'd want it to be. They're uh, fast to to point fingers. Right. You know, right. and then, then that just fractures everything because now you're afraid to do almost anything because you're... You are. You're put in a box. You're like, I don't know what to do because you no longer, you're scared of everything. Right. And it, it's very, it's very difficult because your main thing, I think, as an account manager is because I feel like you have that relationship at a different level with the insured. Mm-hmm. You talk to them more. You know more about their kids and you, you have more of that day-to-day interaction. So you really 
care about that account and you want to take care of it. But if you have somebody being like pointing fingers constantly, you are almost afraid to do anything. Anything. Right. Yeah. Right. Then you're driven to process because your process at that point has to be so on so you can have a defendable position. Then you're losing the ability to connect with the clients and take the time. Um, because I think, you know, as we watch the account manager role mature, in my opinion, 10 years, it, it is an account manager world as more scalable solutions. Um, the producers will always be in the mix, but I think that their importance to organizations changes drastically as we figure out scalable sales solutions through technology. technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I like comment you made earlier, uh, maybe expand on a little bit is... Uh, you said producer setting realistic expectations on the client, and I don't hear that as much, right? It's, oh, yeah, we'll get it right away. Right. Not, and not the, uh, here's, well, do you really need it right away? And if you do, we can respond, but that's not normal. Normally, we'll get it in an hour, by the end of the day, by right. the, right? So setting, having those conversations really in the trans what i would call the transition from the sales process to the ongoing account management process you know for a, a client and what are their needs and you know right. i think that so i saw was a producer also at one point in my life and i made it a practice of bringing the account manager out with me very good right made the sale you know, got the check, it cleared the bank, they are a client, right? But now I'm producing, right? And my, my comment always was, you know, I'm going to be working with other potential clients like I worked with you, and this person is going to handle the day-to-day stuff. Now, I'm always available if there's a problem, an issue, something you want to talk about. Right. But she, in this case, she was your primary contact. She's right. going to get it done better, faster than I ever could. <laughs> she is going to get it to you. Right. <laughs> so building up that person mm-hmm. so the client feels really comfortable that it is, a, again, back to your, a team. Yes. Right? So to me, that's always been the model I liked mm-hmm. um, to do. And because, you know, frankly, I think one of the big problems with producers is they do too much service. Yeah, they can't, right? they and can't they don't, scale that. I agree. They don't, they can't scale. Yeah, right? they, they'll, they'll hit a million a dollar book and if they're, if they're enmeshed in the renewals because they've made the promises and, and they're the only thing that the, the client knows, they're scared of losing that account and so they're not able to then go generate business. And so, you know, between that 800 and a million dollars, you'll mm-hmm. get stuck mm-hmm. if, if you don't have. You just physically can't do it. Just, and then having, you know, a great team there well, behind you just allows you to be more effective as a producer. And I think what you're saying about taking the account manager and the team out is vital. I think that's a great resource that everybody should really consider because, like you said, you're out producing. You're trying to feed your family. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, you have to be out. You're not going to be accessible. But if that client knows I have one, two, three people that I can call... Well, and you get to set the promises. It's just like just like we know 
new producers will often go out and throw everything at the client, regardless of the problem right. that the client faces, and make all kinds of you know rainbow kind of uh, things that that may not be able, be acceptable. But if you're out there. And that client says, yes, we're going to reply to you within five minutes. And you say, well, <laughs> you know, five Slow minutes. Slow down yeah, just a little. You know, I mean, we, we, you know, we're going to reply to you in a, in a time that makes sense. And, yes. you know, we'll always be looking for things that are urgent. But, you know, typically you're going to get it within eight to 24 hours. Right. You know? And that's realistic. Like, especially basic processing, certificates, auto ID cards, that, that shouldn't be an issue. But things on the larger commercial side that take time. Because you're a larger commercial account, you have a more complex exposure that needs to be, re- you know, reviewed correctly. Right. And then and I think, it, again, it drives back to customer experience because all the cool frictionless stuff that we talk about doesn't matter if my coverage isn't right. Right. You know, and yeah. so I think it starts at a foundation of making sure that you have an advocate for you on that team that understands that risk effectively and can make sure you're covered for it. Uh, you had made a comment about the habitational mm-hmm. that... Uh, what I remember you said was we're often the last piece in that mm-hmm. process when we should have been the first or at the beginning of the process. And my thought was, I don't know that a producer would ever see that, but you would because you know the time it takes, like for a real estate closing, it's apartments, right. it's multiple buildings. I've got to get you know, all this stuff together. It may be flood and floods on every exactly. building, and right? Exactly. And, and so there's a lot of work involved that you, as the account manager, can bring and help educate the client that, hey, when this happens, here's where we need to be a start to be yes. involved. So we can be ready Mm-hmm. when you have that closing because we know every closing's always last minute there's always something always, always something that because is going to go wrong or you need something we'll be better able to help you if you involve us earlier yes. so to me that i'm not even sure the producer would ever know that i'm not sure they see it that way yeah. I, I know the larger clients that do it often are are good at that they know that but some that don't do it as often you know, they're kind of like, oh, we're doing this closing. Do we need anything? We- <laughs> yes. Right. Yes, you need quite a few things. And your bank is going to let you know that. It would be great if you called us a couple of days beforehand to, to let us know what was up. Yeah, they have requirements on that mortgage. Yeah. Right. So, Well, and, and, to, and to me, that's all part of the customer experience, mm-hmm. that if you're working as a team, you can see things that the producer does. The producer, as you've already said, knows things that you don't. Right. You work as a team, make the customer experience as best as it can be. Um, and that builds retention, right? It so everybody does. wins. Everybody wins. And you're exactly right. The customer, I mean, the producer, the producer has communications with the insured about their exposures that we're not privy to. Right. And, and you're trying to catch up and figure out what was said and what was, no, you, that's not something that actually is going to work. Right. right. Oh, they have an explosive piece? Oh. Oh. That's really good to know. <laughs> and, and most producers, I don't want to paint them as bad. Most producers are very effective and know what they're doing, and this is in no way pointing a, fi- a finger. It's just the business. You're out trying to produce. Well, they're under a massive amount of pressure, just like you exactly. guys are. And so, yeah. Exactly. So I want to pivot. We, we're running out of time, but I want to ask a question about one of the one of the biggest things that agencies face today is retention of employees and onboarding of new hires, you know, getting, getting the right people. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, if there was one thing an agency did to help attract and retain folks from an HR perspective— you know, that incentivizes folks to be on board and in that team, what is that? 
in-depth training. In-depth training from the very from the get from the, to the go. From the get go. And so, just helping elevate that knowledge base where where you're getting all the different in, information to 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 kind of make sure that you can do your job effectively. Yes, and that's I, awesome. I think Liberty was very good at that. When you came on board, you had a ten-day training cycle where you went off and you you know you had to pass tests on coverages. You had meetings on. Coverages were the foundation. It was the beginning. And if you don't know your coverages or even what it's about, how are you supposed to? That's unfair to that person because sure. you're asking them to be in an in, in an industry that they know nothing about. So it, I know everybody's worried about time and filling that spot and getting them going. They are not ever going to be going to the speed you want them to if they don't have that foundation. It's worth the time and the investment. That's awesome because, I mean, I, I, mean, I think that that is – and we've talked to, like, Justin at Total CSR, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and so there are some stuff out there, but I think that's a great takeaway for, for anybody listening to this to invest that time in the front end because you're going to pick up that time in the back end. You right? are. And that, and that employee is going to be more loyal to you because you invested in them. Right. You invested in their knowledge. You spent some time. Well, thank you so much. I just appreciate your time today. and uh, Thank you so much for having me. I've <laughs> any, really enjoyed it. Any last thoughts that you want to share? Oh, my goodness. I wasn't ready. Tips. For... Tips. If you, you're talking to Tip agency. your account principles. manager. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I really just think that if my main thing, and I've seen the best working relationships that I've seen in my career, has when people have worked together as a team. Just approach your account manager as your team. They're your right hand. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and they can make it or break you. They can. <laughs> That's right. They right? can. And it's it's better to um, work together and for everybody. Yes. Organization, individually, and the client. Yes. Yeah. And I think that the, as the world shifts, I mean, you know, it'll be within our career span that uh, I believe that account managers will take a larger precedence down the stretch, man. And those agencies that can help finagle those relationships, because you're either going to have a bunch of account managers that can't wait to get revenge, <laughs> all right, or you're going to have a cohesive team. So yeah. that's just awesome. That's great. If, if, if people wanted to reach out to you, Melissa, how would they, if they wanted to pick your massive brain? Oh, my massive brain, right. What, mm -hmm. What's the best mechanism for them to do that? Probably email, I would. What's your email address that they should use? It's mwilder at thecrichtongroup.com, which is M-W-I-L-D-E-R at thecrichtongroup.com. There you go. Thank there you, you go. very much. Perfect. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. All right. Well, thank you for listening uh, to the Digital Broker Podcast. We hope uh, you've gotten some uh, good insights on uh, account managers, what they do at their desks, what their day looks like. We appreciate you uh, taking the time uh, to listen. And uh, on the behalf of uh, Ryan and myself, thank you and look forward to having you on the next episode. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Send us your questions and comments. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio Software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. To learn why over a thousand agents use Indio, go to www.useindio.com/podcast.